today on the Break It Down for Bracken's podcast, I get to talk to Katie Nolan and Sarah Hodder. They are race directors of four very prominent races in Jefferson County, the Ransom Mile, the Harper's Ferry Half, the Miner's Lady, and the Freedom's Run. Freedom's Run is a 5K, 10K, half marathon, and full marathon. That's probably the biggest one in this list. But we get to talk to them about what it's like to be race directors and um, the long tradition of these races. Let's hear what Katie and Sarah have to say. Have you heard of Bracken's painting? I started Bracken's painting back in 2011. We do both residential and commercial painting. We have contractors licenses in West Virginia and Virginia, and we carry all the necessary insurances like workers' comp, general liability. Uh, We operate a small staff that focuses on meeting the homeowner's needs and project manager's timeline expectations. Uh, We we try to have exceptional attention to detail. If you're interested in doing any sort of commercial or residential painting, please contact Bracken's Painting. More information can be found at www.brackenspainting.com. Have you heard of the Try This West Virginia conference? If you're somebody who is working to build a healthier West Virginia, then you should join the over 500 like-minded people this year at the 7th Annual Conference. Uh, It's in Buckhannon, West Virginia. This year it's on June 12th and June 13th. Go there to learn about grassroots efforts that are taking place from all around the state, from community gardens to yoga in schools, running and biking programs, and even maybe building a community recreation center. Once you've networked around the conference, there's also opportunities to learn how to apply for grant funding for a project in your own community. Enjoy two days of healthy food, physical activity, and mindful living. Register before March 15th for early bird rates at trythiswv.com conference. Katie, Sarah, thank you for being on the Break It Down for Bracken's podcast. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks for having us. Right thank on. you. Okay, so Katie, tell me about yourself. Give me some of your background. Um, well, I'm originally from, from Clark County, uh, and I worked at uh, For Love of Children, which is located on the mountain. I worked there for about seven years. And then um, I had worked with Mark for a long time, and there was just... What a, did you do at Flock? I was a, the program coordinator slash director towards the end. So I did yeah. a, lot, a lot of planning and working with people. So that was fun. And I got to work outside. And I worked with at-risk kids, which was also really fun. And we uh, we had after-school programming at Charlestown and Harper's Ferry Middle School. So I did all kinds of stuff. Did you go to school for that, like outdoor experiential education? Actually, I went to school for kinesiology. Okay. Um, but I did an internship because I kind of made up my internship. And the idea was I was supposed to develop curriculum um, based around exercise, which I did do. But I ended up loving it there. And fortunate for me, they liked me too and decided to hire me that's why you're so good at that (laughs) (laughs) making the programs for exercise that makes so much sense now (laughs) yeah i had no idea she was in kinesiology (laughs) where'd you go to school for kinesiology uh james madison university okay and then uh after flock and then uh there was just this transition period at flock and um we there were only like six of us that worked together and we worked together so well and then one guy left and then after that i was just sort of like you know what i have been here for a while and i think it's time for me to kind of see what else is out there so i approached mark with the idea of making freedoms run of more of a brand and 
if you would consider hiring me on as a full-time person to take that on. And then that would mean incorporating more stuff in the farmer's markets and um, having running camps and, uh, you know, just really bringing it into the community more. And, and you're referring to Dr. Mark Kukuzela. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was very fortunate because I approached him in October right after Freedom's Run and there was a board meeting that following November and he showed it to them and they said yes. So it all happened very quickly and the timing was very perfect. So you created your own <laughs> positions, offered it to somebody who was influential in the community and then poof, there it is. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Is, isn't that how the world works, right? <laughs> totally. <yeah. laughs> so Sarah, what's your background? Um, I grew up in Germantown, Maryland, and I started high school here, and I went to school at Shepherd for political science with an international concentration, which I will never use in my entire life. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. No, you used it for me. Did, oh, that's right. Yeah, well, kind of. I got to study abroad in Amsterdam, so I learned a little bit of Dutch and was able to find you some top secret shoes. Just some, some backstory. I, um, <laughs> I wanted these really special shoes that one of the uh, salespeople, Dion, sold me on that apparently just don't exist anymore. He was like, oh, you really need these one shoes. These are the best shoes for you for that kind of environment. You should get these <laughs> shoes. And then the internet, the whole planet said they don't really exist. But Sarah, being absolutely incredible, found a pair of shoes in was it Holland. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. they, and then you, you, you spoke Dutch to them and you got them shipped over. And I swear. I had to have spent 200 bucks on these shoes because like <laughs> customs and whatever it cost was insane. So, but worth it. Totally. I still have them and they're still incredible. I barely ever use them because they're, well, they're, they're weapons. Yeah. You got to pull them out at the right time. <laughs> right. So, so more, more on your background. Um, so I went to school, uh, for something I'll never use except for that one time. And then, <laughs> uh, and then I started working at, uh, the running store and, well, I, started, I guess I started running, and then I saw that Two River Shreds was hiring, and I pestered them for, like, months until they hired me, and then they hired me, and here I am. You're the boss over there, right? Well, I don't, I don't like that term. I, I, I'm the store manager and buyer. Mark is the boss. He's the boss man. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. And Sarah, what kind of runner are you? Um, I'm a trail runner. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been running? Microphone. I think, I think I started in like 2012. I want to say, yeah. So like eight years now. Nice. Yeah. Started off with five Ks. Yeah, I did one five K, and then I did a half marathon, Freedom Jam, and nice. <laughs> good choice. <laughs> and then I started doing ultras, and that's what I enjoy now. So that was bef was that before you got the job? You did the half marathon, or? after no I, I think i i did my first 5k and i was like oh this is my thing i love running and uh so then i started working there after that so that journey has taken you to ultra running now mm -hmm. so like 50ks and 50 milers mm -hmm. 100 milers yeah that's yeah. probably my favorite distance is 100 miles all <laughs> 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 right um Tell me about one of your highlighted races, one of your most proud moments. Um, and, I, and I know in ultra, sometimes the proud parts are even failures. But mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. What, what's a, one of your crown jewels, the story you'd love to tell? Um, I don't know. I, 
I would probably say Grindstone this past year. And what's that? It's a hundred miler. Um, Located where? In it's like outside of Stanton, Virginia. It's in George Washington Jefferson National Forest, um, and it's my favorite race I think ever. Um, but it was just, it was a really. It started off as a really rough day, but it, it turned around. There were lots of highs and lots of lows, and I, uh, yeah, it just it was a really good day. That's very not descriptive. <laughs> um. I'm not a very descriptive person, okay. <laughs> but I can be <laughs> if that's what we need. <laughs> okay, so Katie, what about your running background? Um, I always played sports uh, throughout middle school high school college and things i was always super competitive but the one thing i did not like was running long distances i like sprinting um but the idea of running more than a 5k seemed absurd and silly waste of time sure and then i graduated and realized well, i'm gonna become a lazy bos if i don't start doing something so i ran down i remember i ran down to the river by my house and came back and I didn't have a watch or anything, so then I got in my car, and I wanted to see how far it was. <laughs> and so I saw that it was four miles total, and I was like, huh, that's okay. pretty good. <laughs> well, that didn't suck, and so maybe I'll see how much more I can do. And um, I started actually, I got involved with Hurt, and Sherry in particular got me really What's Hurt? Harper's Ferry Ultra Running Team. They're a very excellent local running group. And... Uh, I did like some small local races, but I never really did a ton of racing. And then they convinced me to do a couple ultras, and I did. And then I start, and then I tried a half, and then I tried a full. <laughs> wow. Backwards. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, what's one incredible event you've been to, or something that you're really proud of when it comes to running? Um, well, Highland Sky is definitely my favorite race. It was the first ultra I ever tried. I didn't finish the first time I tried it, and then I went back, and I did finish. Um, and a couple of years ago, I actually won, so that was exciting. That's awesome. Um, and then last year, I did not finish again. I <laughs> um, had, had an issue, but I'm really excited to go back this year, and I really like the race directors. They're such good people, and they're runners themselves, and they're just super laid back, and they're, they're purists. So I just love everything, like, aid stations i just the people who go it's a beautiful area and it's just all around just fabulous all right cool well let's get to what we sat down to talk about here and you guys are in some cases the race director or co-race director in four of the most influential races we have in this community um the first one if we're going to go in chronological order is the ransom mile and i'm going to describe it as best I can, because I love I love this race. Um, other mile races in the region don't fit in my schedules, but the Ransom Mile always seems to fit perfectly in my timeline. It's a out and back one mile, f- seems flat, but definitely <laughs> not flat once you're on course breathing hard. Um, but it is a wicked fun, well supported event that uh, uh, is paired up with a really great event. So. Sarah, tell me about, is this your brainchild? Was this your idea? Or how did this come about? So uh, Two River Shreds um, was initially located in Shepherdstown. And um, about three years ago now, we moved here uh, into Ransom. And when it was coming up on 
the one year anniversary, I wanted to try to celebrate it in some way. So I was like, you know, and I didn't think I was trying to find like a local one mile race and I couldn't really think of any. And I was like, well, maybe we should have a one mile race for the one year anniversary. Um, and so it kind of came out of that. And, uh, yeah, so now it's more of a celebration of being here in this community every year. Um, and this year for the store, we're celebrating our 10 year anniversary. So the race, we're hoping to have a really big birthday party. Um, so we hope a lot of people will register. Um, uh, but yeah, we'll have pinatas, we'll have prize wheels. We always have a really big sale the weekend of the race. Um, there's always lots of really good food. One of our employees, Erin, uh, she, uh, is an incredible cook. Like it's she definitely stupid. Is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she always, uh, just makes a whole smorgasbord for people. Um, it's truly amazing. Yeah. And, and she makes it food. look so good. Like, yeah. like it tastes really good, but also just looks beautiful. <laughs> so you, you saw that the Fairfax Boulevard would be an ideal course. Is that how that came about? Yeah. Just, uh, I like that there wasn't like any real, like, cars can drive on there but it's not heavily trafficked um and it's pretty easy as far as being an out and back um but yeah mostly it's just also really pristine there like i feel like it's a very unique part of the town um Mm -hmm. being fairly new you know it's landscaped really pretty and i feel like it showcases a really nice area of our town and you got good support from the town uh, back you up to have a race out there yeah yeah the um the police officers are really great. They come out to help uh, shut down the road for us. And yeah. And what kind of participation do you have in this race? Um, this year, we're hoping to get around 125 people or so. Uh, the first year, we had a little over 100. Um, last year, the weather wasn't super cooperative. Uh, so we had a little bit less. It ended up being a great day, but they were calling for. What was it? Huh? Was it really? Yeah. They were calling for uh, rain the whole day. Yeah. But it didn't. No. Huh? It ended up being a good day. But I think people were a little skeptical. <laughs> I mean, I know we're here to I know we're here to hear from Sarah and Katie, but I've got to talk about the Ransom Mile. Oh, please do. Because, <laughs> well, let me, let me, let me, before I, I say my part of it, let me ask you, what kind of participants do you see at this race? Is it just fast people or is it like, what do you see? No, and that's part of why I wanted to do one mile is because I feel like it is the perfect distance because if someone is really fast, you know, they want to go sprint for a mile, then they can try to PR if they want. Maybe not on that course, though. It's not particularly flat, (laughs) but they can try. (laughs) Um, But it's also just, it's totally walker-friendly. People come out with their kids. They're pushing kids in their stroller. Um, You can do it barefoot if you'd like. Um, Yeah, you can, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's super family friendly. Um, so pretty much anyone can do it. And I like that, that it's all encompassing and everyone's welcome. If somebody from outside the area was listening to this and they wanted to come up and maybe compete, what would be uh, like a winning time? What kind of range? You'd want to be under a five minute mile. Yeah. That's really (laughs) cool. Which is cool. (laughs) And you meant, I mean, now we mentioned that there's a hill. There's Uh not really a hill. If you're an experienced runner Uh and you kind of know what to look for, like me, at my heart, I'm a racer. I don't always have time to train, but at my heart, I'm a racer. So I actually train on the Ransom Mile course. I know where my attack points are. I know where my heart rate needs to be controlled. I know where my heart rate maxes. I know where the fist fight starts. 
you know, because there's a certain there's a certain light post that I know if anybody's around me, <laughs> it's about to go down. <laughs> now, granted, I am not even close to winning, <laughs> but I do love to have aggressive influence in yeah. my little sphere of racing in the last quarter mile, maybe the last little bit more than that. So there's a there is a little bit of a hill at the turnaround, but you also get the downhill. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 I think it's fair. Uh huh. It's yeah, fair. it's a definitely a fair course. Yeah. And like you said, the sale afterwards is really an epic sale. Like yeah. People, God, it's, it's a, you guys really do a lot yeah, to, to move product. Most of the stuff there. is like 60% off or so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but Two Rivers Treads is just an incredible, it, Dr. Mark and Two Rivers Treads, and, and as as the commander or whatever, founder of Bros and Bras, we I truly appreciate the level of expertise that you and your staff bring to our club. Just to have that in our pocket is amazing. There's other clubs that they deal with like a fleet feet mm-hmm. or a new balance running store. And as delightful as they are with the products that they have, I'm going to say that our store is definitely better than those stores. Oh, thank you. you know, yeah. Naturally. <laughs> right. But I mean, to have like you and Dion and a few of the other staff members and, and Katie, as well as Dr. Mark in, in our pocket, is really incredible for us. And it's hyper appreciated. Um, so you guys do a lot. The race is so awesome, though, because it's it, it's a nice little fight. Mm-hmm. And even though my club is not a competitive club, there's definitely parts of us that are competitive with each other. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a fun it's a fun yeah. experiment. Well, and I, personally, part of my attachment to the Ransom Mile, too, is so it is uh, – a fundraising race so oh, yeah. all of the proceeds go to an organization called bigger than the trail and it's a nonprofit organization that uses trail running as a platform to advocate for mental health um, so they offer different services which I actually recently learned that um, they even provide like counseling services and stuff for people what's who, it called again it's called bigger than the trail bigger than the trail yeah, and so you don't have to be a trail runner to use any of the surf, uh, services, um, but they just use that as a platform to really be able to get the message out there. So anyone can use the services at all. Nice. Is there online registration or is it just uh, paper registration for the Ransom Mile? It's online. It's okay. on Run Sign Up. Is there ability? Is there an ability to like donate more than just the registration fee if it, if they wanted to donate to the cause? So we don't have it through the registration platform. Actually, that's a good idea. I could probably do that. <laughs> um, but probably uh, what we could do is uh, the day of the event, we could also have a donation bin for anyone who wants to drop. Right. And I'm not trying to get too far off topic, but you guys just raised a bunch of money. I, I wasn't able to make it to the event, but what was that fundraiser? That was, um, we did a wildlife uh, bushfire relief fundraiser for the wildfires in uh, Australia. And yeah, we, how much did we raise? Over $2,000. Yeah. 2200 Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it was like 24500 Yeah. That's really incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I doubt you guys are thanked enough for how much you do for the community and how much you guys give back to the community. I'm here as a leader of my crew to say thank you. I mean, really, it's it's genuine. <laughs> it's a genuine thing. But also, like, us raising that, we can't do that without the community you know what i mean so it's like we can only we can put it on but it's about the community being able to help us help other people sarah i'm trying to thank you guys (laughs) (laughs) all right um registration is 12 Mm dollars online is it different on race day um no okay Uh, yes it is sorry and maybe it is 14 dollars yes okay so yeah maybe it is 
But I, but I do have a, a code that I can offer to people if they want to get $3 off their registration. Hashtag heard it on the podcast. How much, <laughs> what is the code? It's, uh, I think it's T-R-T-R-M-3. But I am going to check afterwards and come back to you, so. <laughs> yeah, we can put that in the notes if that's, if that's the right code. Yeah. <laughs> but um, frankly, I'm the kind of person who says it's 12 bucks. Just pay the 12 bucks because the rest of it's going to go to charity. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're not going to go down that road, though, because that's, that's how I do. Um, but pretty much you get a race sticker. There's food in the after party. There's a big sale. There's a prize wheel. There's a pinata. Who even knows what that means? Well, it means there's a pinata. <laughs> yeah. Like, who whacks the piano? I mean, is there like candy? Well. There's no chance there's candy. The, oh, there is. Okay. <laughs> could nice. Be bacon, who knows? You have to be there. Well, some of us are vegetarians. <laughs> <laughs> Might not put bacon in. <laughs> okay, so is there anything we missed on the Ransom Mile? Um, Just that it's a really incredible race and you guys should all come do it. Definitely. Like participation, how big is this race? Um. I would I would say we'll probably get around 100 people this year. So okay. we're hoping for around 125. 150 would be really awesome. Yeah. And it makes sense to park near TRT, mm-hmm. and it's about a quarter mile walk to the starting line. You just follow the masses of people. Yeah, but I did. I was speaking with the chief uh, earlier this month, and uh, they will allow folks to park even at the Ransom CVB if they want. Um, or we're going to talk about getting parking behind there as well. But also along Fairfax, you can park there before the roads actually shut down too. Nice. And if you're from out of town, it's a very walkable town. It's easy. Mm-hmm. If you park somewhere, you can park, come to the starting line, run a mile, go to the after party, walk back to your car. It's very easy. Cool. Anything mm-hmm. else? I think that's it. Nice. Yeah. Let's move on to the Harper's Ferry Half Marathon and 5K. Yeah. May 16th. Put it on the calendar. May 16th. What's the background on this race? How long has it been happening? How many participants? When did it start? How long have you been involved? So I've been involved from the beginning. Um, One of my coworkers heard about this crazy man that started a race in West Virginia that was... uh, in its first year, brought in a thousand people. So we were like, who is this man that was able to bring in a thousand people to West Virginia for his first year? So we approached him and mentioned, this is when I was at Flock, uh, about hosting a race in Harper's Ferry. And at the time we also had a connection, well, we still do, with River Riders. And Mark and Patch Neebly had actually already been talking about um, developing a course in Harper's Ferry, so it all just happened to work out really nicely that all of these entities came together to develop the Harper's Ferry Half Marathon and 5K course. And it's pretty similar to its original course. It's changed a little bit, but I think they did a really good job with the course. You get to see a lot of Harper's Ferry. I think a lot of the really beautiful highlights of it. And uh, the idea was that Flock was one of the beneficiaries of it, so it was a charity run for our organization that I, I didn't know that is that still the case um uh, well sadly flock west virginia is no longer so no okay so, so um, it originally started off as a fundraiser for flock mm-hmm. that's really cool yeah so that's how you got tied into it i now it all the pieces are coming together yeah, I just, that's I, how, I didn't and that's how i met it. mark yeah gotcha. <laughs> okay so before we get into how big of a event it is let's start with the 5k describe the course describe the kind of participant that does that uh it's absolutely beautiful the probably most common question i get is is it road um and the 5k is actually predominantly you are on grass for about a mile and a half and 
on road for a little bit and then it turns into a gravel fallacious hill <laughs> so i wouldn't call it trail necessarily but i, I wouldn't say it's a, a paved road race necessarily either um maybe off-roading for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> sometimes people equate races to being a little bit country you know yeah. it's a little bit country a little bit country maybe a little I rock like and roll because yeah because you got you've got a little um a nice fast start yeah. Right? Downhill start. Yeah. To a flat road. Mm-hmm. It's all very deceiving at first. It's lovely. Right. <laughs> and, you know, everybody's kind of settling into a certain kind of pace. And I'm talking from a racer's point of view, mm-hmm. a middle of the pack racer. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of joggers and walkers. But you turn into what's that field called? Schoolhouse Ridge South. Mm-hmm. It's part of the National Park Service. Okay. So it's one of the, it's an old battlefield. So you get to see, you actually get to see Canyon canyons sorry cannons mm-hmm. <laughs> and some old ruins and it, it is cool getting to kind of run through history um i guess if you're walking you could even read some of the plaques there's all kinds of stuff it's very right beautiful. and that um so you have a little bit of a climb it's not even that much of a climb it's just a hill it's a grassy hill and it depends on how the weather is if it rained the night before and the sun's out there's just like steamy humidity that gets <laughs> on you and you're like Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> why? But then other days, other races, it's been cloudy and it's been mm-hmm. a cool day, which yeah. is, and, and sometimes I think I did it when it was raining one time. Um, Probably many oh yeah, times. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it rains pretty much every year. I think last year was the nicest year. Um, it but, was smoking hot last year. Yeah, but right. it was, for us, it was the first year because a couple of years ago, you pretty much needed to canoe because that was when it started raining in March and just rained stop, the entire right. year. Right, so... Okay, so it's a grass climb once you hit into Schoolhouse Ridge South. Mm-hmm. And then you hit a little flat section, and there's a little bit of a tiny climb, and then another flat section, and then you have a not so much a steep climb, but an aggravating climb that takes you to the ridge. Then you run along the ridge for almost a little more than a quarter mile, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's a nice relaxation area when I'm running the 5K. And almost always... Who's that guy with the camera? Dave LeMay. Bonbright. Or, or Bonbright. Oh, Bonbright yeah. was almost always on that stretch. So mm-hmm. that, that's where you want to look your best because he has his camera there. <laughs> and then you, you kick it to a downhill section and it's like real smooth. And you come out of the schoolhouse ridge back onto pavement. And I'm going to give away my race secret right now. <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay, because this race is won on that section of pavement right there your whole race is defined from schoolhouse ridge on the way back to the start or the finish line on that pavement because maybe a third of a mile maybe a half a mile right in distance well have you have you done it since we added the climb yes this is what i'm saying okay (laughs) no because you i sprint that pavement i do every road kill i can because whoever makes it the bottom of that gravel climb before the finish line no one's passing anybody on that climb. You mm-hmm. might say, I'm going to climb that or I'm going to run that. It's a it's a good, in-your-face, gravel climb for, was it a half mile, quarter mile? Yeah, it's, it's a doozy. Right. <laughs> is, it, is that the one that comes like up from the backside? Well, so if you're looking at River Riders, just as you, as soon as you pull in, uh-huh. there's a, it looks like a driveway. It is a driveway. It's yeah. a gravel drive mm, on yeah, the right. Yeah. And then you just see it go up into the heavens. And okay. that's where the finish line is. Yeah. Right. The finish line is up there in like a big pile of mulch. And you're, oh, but 
if you don't know, you think you still have energy and you put your energy into that hill. Like I find my position is solid once I hit the bottom of that hill. I'm like, forget about it. You pass me on this hill, good for you because <laughs> I fought to get there. So that's a, it's a really great. <laughs> We've scared off all the five kangers. <laughs> no, no, I, man, that's not what I'm saying. It's, it is a, it's a very doable race, but personally for me i like to smash 5k's i like to go hard and fast strategy i'm a racer anybody who's out there trying their first 5k man get it done it's totally fine anybody's doing a run walk scenario it's definitely great a great race anybody who's trying to compete and win you're gonna earn it Mm -hmm. and that's cool that's cool too Um, people come out in strollers so it's definitely right like it's it's friendly enough Absolutely, and I was not trying to say that it's a <laughs> scary race. I just get really excited to race, and I and I know that course, and I love having that secret that I shared with anybody who listens is to attack on the pavement. Anyways, that five k course is also the beginning of the half marathon. Mm-hmm. So you yep. run the exact same course, and the half marathon starts first, correct? Yep. Half marathon starts at eight. The five k starts at eight forty-five. So the the half marathon does not go up the gravel drive. They actually continue going past River Riders through the KOA and down to the national park, and then through Bolivar, and you get to see all of the beautiful historic homes. And um, I mean, you run essentially by John uh, John Brown's Fort. You really, I mean, you you get to see really the highlights of Bolivar and Harpers Ferry. You go you go by the ATC. Um, 7-Eleven. That's, cool. <laughs> That's the Appalachian Trail Conservancy headquarters, yeah. like for the whole trail. It's right there. We run past that. Uh, there's High Street. Yeah. So High Street slash uh, West Washington, I think, is what it is. Anyway, um, that is the there's, – there's two doozies of a climb, and that's one I of them. I wasn't trying to say that. I was going <laughs> to say that High Street is – a climb that highlights the architecture of Harper's Ferry. It, mm-hmm. You're not down it's a historic, on the, a bunch of historic on the river level at that point. You're actually climbing up and you're following this beautiful path, road, um, through that section. Mm-hmm. And on the way back, you're going to see it from above. You're going to see all the rivers and mountains. And... Yeah, the Blue Ridge Mountains are right there. The Shenandoah River and the Potomac, that's where they meet. You'll essentially be able to see that. And the course runs along the Shenandoah for about a quarter mile too, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, right down at river, you know, river, river level almost. Yeah, there's plenty of times where it is 100% river level. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me about some of the challenges you had then, like when it comes to weather or course changes or um, has the town always been easy to work with? Actually, yeah, Harper's Ferry and Bolivar are amazing. Their mayors have always been very supportive of everything that we do and the National Park Service has as well. Obviously, you know, there's um, whenever you're working with the federal government, there's also things you just have to make sure they're conscientious of. And uh, the park is still open. So there's going to be visitors. There's going to be a lot of other people. There's going to be people driving in lower town. So um, we are actually we're not changing the course. We're actually just doing one little tweak that will you'll actually go on the road first and then Virginia's Island on the way back so that you're not having to deal with so much traffic. So it's just little logistics that we learn every year. And last year was honestly the first year that it was really nice weather. So we had the most participants we've ever had. And then we also had to deal with a ton of people that were visiting the park. 
And so it was, it made all kinds of new little fun obstacles that we learned from, but that's what it's all about. So it's cool. (laughs) Well, what kind of workforce do you need of volunteers and helpers to set up a course that's 13 miles long in two towns? Oh God, we are so fortunate to live where we live um, because we just have the most helpful community ever. Um, The ROTC, I cannot thank enough for everything that they do as well as the cross-country teams as long as they don't have a meet they're always out helping um rations cafe they'll make their own aid station just for fun we never ask them to they just do it because they're awesome um and then obviously like frozen bras has an aid station and it's just people come out to help and they want to help very often i hardly have to reach back out to people they either have already put it on the calendar or they reach out to me and say, is it still cool if I help this year? <laughs> I'm going to bring friends. Like, well, gosh, yeah. It's really neat <laughs> to see the same people mm-hmm. um, at the Cracker Dawn out there helping set the course up and stuff like that. But I feel like, especially when I was new, Bros and Bras was new and we were still volunteering or setting up a table and a canopy. And we really didn't like, oh, we're doing a turnaround aid station. Let's just <laughs> let's just put some music out and some waters and who knows. Um this dude who seemed like an army general in a dually pickup truck rolls up like a boss. And he's like, like, was that Pat? Yeah. (laughs) He's like, you got this? And I'm like, what? He's like, do you got this covered? I said, yeah, man, I got it covered. And he just tears off down (laughs) Washington Boulevard. And I was like, I was like, who was that dude? And he's like, you got everything you need. And I was like, "Ah, yeah, I think so, buddy. But now I know it's Patrick. He's a major supporter of, these races in oh, a way God, that's yeah. it's harder to find, right? Well, he, I would say he does more than any of us. <laughs> he, he comes out on Friday, he gets everything. And then Saturday morning, he gets out super early and he gets everything set up. Um, cause he, the, describe he has, to me the coin or the cone deployment. <laughs> oh God. If Pat ever asks you to help with cone duty, just <laughs> make sure you are fit and you don't mind potentially flying out of the back of a truck. (laughs) (laughs) Right, because the course is set in a obviously safe way. There are cones in the way on the road Mm -hmm. to keep things safe. And but but the setup is not safe. (laughs) Right. And yeah, but he's a wild man, no no doubt. And but I love it because we're talking Four hundred cones or more or how oh many? Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. I and it's usually hurt folks that are the ones that are setting it up, and right. I can't begin to thank them enough um, because they often, most of them, it's usually dads that have to leave straight from cone duty to go take their kids to soccer. So it's a super early morning for them, and they go out. And Pat obviously makes it super fun, albeit terrifying, but <laughs> they're all used to it, so they love it. <laughs> Well, he's a good guy. He's definitely a, oh, a, a captain of, of volunteers. And like you said, the the business is up and down. I mean, the on High Street, the stores that are there open their doors. And I remember I was racing somebody, Maxine, and um, <laughs> we were crushing up High Street. And you broke off. Like, you, you were ahead of me. You broke off to talk to somebody in the store. Like, oh, hey, hugs. Aww. How you been? And Aww. I passed you. And I beat, I beat you. But um, you were like, how'd you get ahead of me? And I was like, because you were socializing. Okay. <laughs> but it's such a cool race because of that. Like, it's just, it is family friendly. And for every uphill, there's an equal downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just see the most beautiful houses and people are on their front porches cheering you on, you know, and there's, 
there's always like a, a weird aid state. Like there's a guy with a table with just water bottles. Hey, you want a water bottle? Like, Thanks, what? bud. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So that's great. So what kind of participants? How many numbers are we talking? So our cap is 800. Last year we had 850. So we sort of assumed people wouldn't show up, which is true. There's always at least 20% that don't show up to a race. Um, and we are past where we were last year at this time. So, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that, though. You know, if Why is it capped at 800? Uh, well, our it's 500 is what Harper's Ferry slash Bolivar are uh, comfortable with. And then 300 for the 5K, just because really beyond that, you, there's so much congestion um, in Schoolhouse Ridge that you need to have some sort of balance for quality of race. I'm here to tell you, people, listen, this race, if it only has 500 people in it, it feels like there's 2,000. It, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really cool, big race. And, and, I, and to me, it just seems way bigger. So that's, that's cool to know. It's mm-hmm. cool to know. Um, how much is it to register? Oh, Lordy. Uh, I believe it, it, we just had a price increase. I think it's 65 for the half and 30 for the 5K. Don't you guys have a special like t-shirt company you work with um, that makes a certain kind of t-shirt? And, and I know as a race director that um, your giveaways and part of what you provide for your race entry, shirts are one of the most expensive, that and timing. But I feel like your shirts are really excellent I know I can't afford them for my 5Ks, but it's isn't that a company? Which one are you using? So, so we used to use Attain. Uh-huh. We actually use Comfort Tech, which is still, it's the same company. Okay. Um, they, basically, they're the manufacturer. Mm-hmm. So we just work with them directly now um, because Attain was getting so big. They just were like, you know what? We love you. You just work directly with the manufacturer. Good for Attain. So, yeah, which is really nice because that was the only way that we'd be able to have the pricing low. And again, that's something, that's a relationship because of Mark, because he just knows everyone everybody yeah, and he really helped attain at the beginning so we they help us a, now we could have a podcast on the stories of just being around mark <laughs> and like wait you know who yeah oh, oh he knows everyone I yeah <laughs> i think that would be a series I know, right? <laughs> okay so yeah so tell me about the shirt why is the shirt special isn't it like a recycled material or something like that yeah it's recycled material and it's um oh gosh i don't remember what the term is it's something something b material which means that it's basically they are very green and they uh make everything in corporation yeah Yeah. thank you sarah (laughs) that was certified b corporation (laughs) (laughs) um and it is all made in the u.s which is really important obviously for well all of us but mark in particular with um he just takes that very seriously with his military background and everything so he always wants to make sure that is the case and then we also have our water bottles so at the finish line we don't have to go through a ton of cups we want people to have a reusable reusable water bottle um and they get the medal which will the half marathoners get the medal which is handmade by joy brighty she's actually she's already started making those and the freedoms run medals because she has to make 2000 right and so that's a whole thing. There's a whole volunteer team just to put the uh, medals together with, yeah. the, with, the, yeah. with the rope. Yeah. Um, well, that's really great. And you must be getting a good deal working with a direct manufacturer because I know to keep my costs low, I got to use just the regular old cotton shirts. And I even started my own screen printing company to keep the costs even more low because mm-hmm. to get a shirt made for a 5K usually is because between 550 and eight dollars a shirt depending on how big or how small the 5k is mm-hmm. and if your race is a 25 dollars entry 
that's like 30% of your stuff. So, um, well, I, I love that you guys are able to, and again, you, you guys are a sponsor achieving machine too. You're able to get good sponsors that help offset those costs. Whereas mm-hmm. my organization is not good at asking for money that way, but well, to be fair, neither am I. That's all Mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's neat. I had no idea the course, um, that the, the field was limited to that, to that number. Yeah, we're pretty much at our capacity. And then is there a organization that you're raising money for or is it is it is one race just to support the next race? How does it work? Well, so Freedoms Run and, Har- and Harbor Story Half are all a part of their basically their own nonprofit and then once a year um, nonprofits in there's nine counties in West Virginia that qualify. Uh, and you can you can be, really be any nonprofit as long as it has something to do with health and heritage and you apply. And then the board meets and then they say yes or no and you get money from freedoms run so we've given out since the inaugural year of both races um over three hundred and fifty thousand dollars back to west virginia so well that's pretty incredible yeah and um that's probably a different podcast altogether <laughs> um because that is um a real role model for that sort of organization, I think, specifically in West Virginia. And it's very possible that many, many people don't know the impact that those two races have had on the state when it comes to charitable giving. So down the road, I would love to talk about that. Yeah. Just to brag. Yeah. And again, this is break it down. This is is break it down for brag. And so I don't know about that, Katie. Yeah, yeah, not enough people do, actually. Right. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, I love that race. I've done the Harper's Ferry half once and the 5K two times. And um, I can't say enough good things about it. Like, it was Jenny's first half marathon. She decided on race day. She was standing at the table. And if you go to the left, you register for the 5K. If you go to the right... It's the half marathon, and I was pre-registered for the five k because I'm, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> she rolled up when she was a newer newer runner, and she was like, I remember watching her, and she's like, oh, looking over this way. She looks over that way, and she went over to the half, and I was like, what? Wow. Yeah, and and it's ballsy. Yeah, but she she absolutely <laughs> loved it as part of her her love affair with running, and and it's definitely it's definitely on our home turf in Jefferson County. We love this race. Have we missed anything on Harper's Ferry Half? that you want to share? I don't think so. It's a special race. When so. is it again? It is May 16th. Nice. And what, how many times has it happened approximately? Uh, it's a little disputed. It's either 10 or 11. <laughs> we'll, we'll call it 11. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> what does a t-shirt currently say? So. <laughs> yes, it's 11th. Yeah, speaking, of, speaking of t-shirts, they're like collector's items because the population somehow, Katie puts together a voting system and you actually vote for what color shirt you think this year's... Um, shirts should be and they're because the company you use and the colors they are they're really dynamite they're collector's items for sure (laughs) one of my proudest shirts is the uh my freedoms run marathon shirt and um we're gonna get to that in a minute but i'd say the next race we're gonna move on to if you're ready katie oh i'm ready all right cool the next race is a race that i really don't know a lot about because it's a little outside my scope even though i participated it once and cheered in it once um it's called the miner's lady Sarah, are you ready to talk? Yes, very okay. ready. How did this concept come up? Well, 
Katie might want to talk because it was kind of her brainchild working at Flock. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so it was when I was at Flock, I wanted to do this race because I ran there at my lunch break all the time. And it was just such a cool course that no one really knew about. And I wanted to do it. Describe, and, the, describe the trail system at Flock. I, was, I mean, it's beautiful. It has over 12 miles of trails. It connects up to the Appalachian Trail. Um, it's you can find technical spots, but it's also very rolling. So I think it's always a really good introduction into trail running, which is how I got into trail running was from there. Um, but there are some decent climbs, so you can still do hill repeats and stuff. So it's and the Appalachian Trail is there, which is always really fun to run on. Does it actually link up with the Appalachian Trail? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> Where it links up might be pretty deep into that section in between Raven Rocks and Keys Gap. Uh-huh. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you have, you don't have much business being there. It's a roller coaster. Unless you're yeah. rolling or right from, outside of it. Yeah. yeah it's actually, it, well, depending if you go right or you go left, you go deep into the roller coaster <laughs> uh-huh. or you leave it. Yeah. So, okay. Depends which direction you go. The roller coaster being the Raven's Rock side? Yeah. So the roller coaster section of the Appalachian Trail is like one of the gnarliest sections. Well, oh, that's as far right. as like, not gnarly, like terrain wise, but it's just like constant up and, up and down. Gotcha. Up and down. Gotcha. So you were running there and you're like, okay, let me be. Because look, as a race director, I've been a race director a lot of times on a lot of different courses, Virginia and here, right? Race directors are diabolical. You admit to that, correct? Mm-hmm. Sarah, are you diabolical? I wouldn't call myself a race director, but yes, sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> but you want to create a race almost that you don't necessarily want to do, but you would love to put your colleagues through. And you know that your colleagues who you race or train with will respect it more if it's questionable. Right? Katie? No, sure. Yeah. Oh, I know. I I know. I know. <laughs> when I was when I was developing like adventure racers in Philly or in Virginia or in Western Maryland, I would always set some just what kind of climbs are we looking at right now? Like, why why are we why are we swimming across the Shenandoah with our mountain bike? You know, like <laughs> just a little bit of just a little bit of a tweaking. Or uh, one of my favorite race directors, he um. He said, oh, okay, heads up, uh, the race start is at midnight, and there's a half marathon prequel trail run that you have to navigate. I'm like, oh, until you get to your equipment. And you're like, oh, dude, mm. okay. So, but I envisioned this when you created this, this race. So describe the course to me, and I'm thinking in particular, I'm looking forward to you describing the part from the river to almost the finish line. Okay. Well, so I do want to give a quick plug for Sarah because it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Sarah because I was just sitting in the store and I said, man, I've always wanted to do this race. I don't work there anymore. And Sarah said, do it. And I was like, no. She's like, no, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. And and then I sent an email to Flock and, and then it happened. So if it wasn't for Sarah, <laughs> it would not exist. Awesome. <laughs> um. So, what was your question? You're I guess. Me to describe. <laughs> okay, let me let me look at my notes because we should just go in the. For some reason, my first note is background. So the background was that you. But also, I, I in case anyone doesn't even know what the race is, we can yeah. describe yeah. what it is. So the first thing says background. So tell me what it is. 
<laughs> so Miner's Lady, it's a eight hour race. Um, and so Katie crafted a six mile or 10K ish loop. Um, and really you can do however many loops that you want in the eight hours. We try to encourage people to do more than less. Um, but uh, yeah, you get a special finisher prize if you finish three loops. Um, but uh, there's a start finish area where you can kind of set up camp. Um, we have a really, really awesome aid station. Um, and so yeah, the whole goal is to just get however many loops that you can in eight hours. I feel like it's set in the kind of the model of some of the more intenser races in the region with the running loops, mm-hmm. it's kind of rugged. Mm-hmm. It sells out and you get some real performers that show up. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we had John Kelly come. Yeah. Who is a Barkley marathons finisher. He holds a bunch of different FKTs. Uh, and yeah, that was really FKT? cool. Fastest known time. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. that term. Yeah. I'm not in that community <laughs> at all. Um, I remember, was it two years ago he showed up? Mm-hmm, the first year. Right. And uh, he showed up late, right? <laughs> yeah, it was pouring rain, and he decided he lives in lived, I guess, at the time uh, in like near Rockville, Maryland. Uh-huh. And he he decided that he was going to bike here, and so he, <laughs> he and then there was like this torrential downpour that he got caught in. Um, so, but yeah, he showed up. <laughs> so he's gonna cycle from he's gonna cycle from Rockville, mm-hmm. I guess, along. Sino Canal, find his way to Shannondale. Well, oh. well, he met us here. We had a um, film showing of oh, uh, Trails in Motion in right. downtown Charlestown, right. and he was giving a talk before that, and so he met us there. Okay, it was way more BA in my head because oh, I was like, oh, yeah. he cycled to the start <laughs> at 6 a.m.? Come on, dude. Wow. No. Um, well, I remember him because I was cruising along because I got to run the first one, and I was just cruising along at my pace, and I was on the downhill doing pretty good and this like gazelle yeah. just passed me with authority and i was like who's that guy <laughs> like any and, and it was definitely him but so but what i'm saying is that is that this race is kind of set in the tone of um i guess in the same in the same vein of some of these more these bigger races there's a you know you mentioned the grindstone earlier and i know it's not on that scope but it's a great training ground it's a great place for people to get exposure to Longer races when it comes to hours, more time on feet. Um, and it is not necessarily, and I'm not trying to scare anybody away, but this is a scary course. This is, there's a climb on this thing, and it's it opens up with some relatively easy trail running, but then you get really into some, some, some downhill technicalities and some steep stuff, and then a little bit of mud on the year one. Yeah. You know, so who wants to describe the course? That's Katie's baby. <laughs> Um, so I think what appealed to me is I felt like it was 100% runnable. So I think with the right strategy, it's really it would be really interesting to see how fast people could do it. And last year we had our first finisher finish, and he did eight loops, which does take significant strategy because you know if you go out too fast, you blow up. Um, if you go too eight slow, eight times six is an 80k. <laughs> How many, mile, how many miles is that? <laughs> 48 miles. 48 miles in eight hours. Which is just crazy to begin with. Like, yeah. That's just fast to begin with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Katie, did you say that you see this, this course as 100% runnable? 
Well, I mean, I, I understand that that's relative, but as far as, you know, because when you're on the AT, it's, it can get really technical. And yeah. so you have to kind of hop around or you might have to slow down a little bit. And um, <laughs> the... <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Keep breaking it down for me. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, even though there are two climbs, I'm not saying that I would run all eight hours necessarily, but um, it's definitely something that you can that you can run. So there's no like you're not scrambling on all fours. No. Like I said, I've been there twice. I, I ran once and I cheered the second time, but you're not scrambling on all fours. But how, how much elevation gain is there in that? Uh, Do you guys know? It's I think it's head? between eight and nine hundred. Yeah. Just nine hundred foot climb per loop. And most of that is absorbed into that one climb that starts at the bottom by the river. Well, there's two because there's that one. Once you come, it's there's like that kiosk coming out of there is a little bit of a climb. Um, it's I guess it's steeper, but it's shorter. Um, but yeah, I would say the most significant one is probably the one coming out of the river. Listen here, people. <laughs> when when you're in my level of shape, which is moderate, it's moderate and. A lot of hiking happens on a lot of uphills at this tempo. It feels like a nonstop climb. <laughs> it does. I'm not, yeah, I definitely don't want to make it seem like. But but that's what I love about the course is it. It's enough where I think you feel it. You can be proud of yourself for doing a real trail run because it's 100% trail. Oh yeah. For a looped course, 100% trail is mm-hmm. you know it's pretty cool. That's hard to find. Yeah. 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 It's it's an amazing amazing course and and like I said, I, I felt like I was like. Oh, this is, it's kind of like when you're younger and you go to States, you're like, Oh, I'm in it now. Like when you're on this race course and there's like this, um, there's that smell of nervous energy at the starting line. And you're like, okay, everybody's like, some people are wearing little backpacks and some people have their, their water bottles in their hands. And some people don't know what they're doing. And there's like some people that have walking sticks and you're like, I'm, I feel like that race. And I, I hope you agree with me is a little bit of the deep end. Like you're jumping into the deep end now. You're, you're getting into some real serious business. And to complete three laps at that race, I feel like is a a successful attempt, mm-hmm. right? And to get four is like, wow, I'm superhero today. Mm-hmm. I really, And that's how, as an average runner, I feel with Miner's Lady. And then um, isn't five the magic number? That's the ultra distance. Because yeah, 50K. Yeah. Right. So that's what we... So that's kind of the want. eventually our gold standard is going to be 50k. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that. And that's what I'm saying. It, it's you guys have like slipped in kind of a secret 50k in, into a race, which is what your people are really gunning for. And I think that's who you're truly, you're truly marketing it to. Correct. Mm-hmm. You got eight hours. You can get a 50k in. Mm-hmm. And if you're really somebody, you can get a 50k plus. Mm-hmm. Get out there and get that next lap started with them before that cutoff time. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's talk about um, the finish line and how that looks. <laughs> because Describe how the, uh, the food set up, the support, the volunteers, the cheering section. Well, we have a very nice uh, finisher uh, arch. <laughs> arch. That's not what but I meant. Gracious <laughs> that, That's not what I meant. But yes, that that creates structure, and that's great. What but, I'm talking about is like the sponge baths and the yeah, and and, and how it's the music and what the, are there shots being taken? Okay, yeah. So that's the uh, 
Johnny's challenge is incorporated into the eight hours. And so um, you if can you, sign if up. You want to. What? If you want. To. Yeah, you have to <laughs> sign up for it. Um, there is alcohol involved, so mm -hmm. that's why. <laughs> um, but yeah, the goal is um, to do five different loops or five loops. Um, but so for every hour and a half, is it? We mm -hmm. change the theme of the aid station. So we have like uh, pirate themed, we've had uh, 70s themed, we have Christmas, um, Luau. Luau. Um, and so every uh, hour and a half, the theme changes. And so there's a corresponding shot that you take um, for each of the themes, um, for each of those loops that you do. Um, and so then if you finish Johnny's challenge, you get to put your name on this nice wooden block. Well, if you win, you get their name. Right, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> That, that is so cool. <laughs> and, and by the way, you guys look pretty similar. So on this particular day, don't yeah. you guys almost dress like twins? Yes. Well, everyone gets us confused. People come into the store and say, oh, Katie, I've been meaning to talk to you. And I'm like, well, if she were here, you could. <laughs> right. So that's, that is the, the craziest and most fun part. Um, then, there's like the <laughs> then there's the volunteers with the ice water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a bucket of ice water that people can be sponged down from, and we have popsicles. Look, so all you long runners, Katie and Sarah, going out there and doing 40 milers and 100 milers, and for dudes like me who are 5K, 10K kind of guys who go out there and take a stab at a half marathon or marathon in this sort of event, to have like ice sponges is like luxurious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like to us, it's like, what is all this? This is cool. And you're like, that's at every transition. It's at every aid station and the bigger races. And I'm like, well, it's not at mine. But also, I just realized you meant on this day that we look the same as in the race day, we dress the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That just dawned on me. I was like, wait a second. Don't you guys do like braids? Uh -huh. Yeah, we, we dress, dress the, the same. same. <laughs> I didn't, that right, totally but, went over my head. Right, but then in, in the theme, uh -huh. you guys. You theme up the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's like candy and refreshments and fruits and sandwiches and another army of volunteers. Yeah. we have, I feel like we have people come the day before that help just cut oranges and make sandwiches. And yeah, it's people are very gracious. Yeah, it's pretty great. Makes our life easy. Yeah. <laughs> did, um, did the race sell out in the first year? It did, yeah. Yeah. And how many runners do you put out there? Uh, well, we cap it at 145 on purpose because if you have, I mean, since it is a looped course and it is also a conservation easement, having 145 people, you know, going over and over and over a path can have a pretty significant impact. So we want to keep it that way um, because we want to keep it looking beautiful. And so if there are ever like huge mud puddles or any kind of um, obstacle in the way. Like last year, a tree fell down the day before. And so we told people if they were caught trying to go around the tree, they were going to have to wear this little dunce <laughs> sign because once one person does it, everyone's going to go around and you make a new trail. And that's how trails get wider and wider. And, you know, we want to reduce our impact there. So it sells out at 145. 145. Um, what is the future of this race? Is it going to change up? Is it going to change locations? Is it is it going to be a 12-hour at some point? Are we going to use headlamps? 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, I think it's one of those things if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's fun for us. And eight hours is nice because that's a day. It's not like we have to, it's not a weekend. It becomes just a fun day for us. How is that course marked? How, how, do you, how can you tell if you're on trail or not? Um, I guess we mostly flagging, flagging. Yeah. and arrows. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We do have some arrows. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not going to be in town this year and I'm, I'm really bummed Aww. because I, I really enjoy running. It's not a race for me anymore because <laughs> I'm trying to like scale back on the miles I do. But, um, last year you guys allowed me to run the course in reverse and like high five. I high fived <laughs> every single runner. And then I got ambushed by Bill Spock. Mm. Oh, that's who, a good person to get yeah. ambushed by though. Yeah. Right. Who had a beer station mm-hmm. yeah. at this like trail intersection where they, the runners would come by twice um, per lap. and Which he gets on his own. I know. He just goes and buys a beer for funsies. I know. And, and then I, drags it out there. Yeah, too. in his wagon. Like, yeah. I know. So so this year I'm going to lend him one of my 4 by 4s oh. because I won't be there and his his car wasn't going to make it. And he has to drag that thing all oh. the way down that trail. So I'm actually going to – I haven't told him this yet, but I'm going to lend him one of my trucks and say, bro, just take this. Uh-huh. You know. That's awesome. It's yeah. really nice. But it's, it's such a – there's a lot of it's a really great race to go to if you want to see some real hard chargers and to test yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what I really love about that. Um, is that does that benefit anything? Yeah, the uh, Rolling actually they just changed their name, so they are now the Rolling Ridge Conservancy. Um, we give all of the proceeds to them. With the I guess this year we did give 500 to the Australian Bushfire Wildlife Fundraiser, <laughs> the <laughs> longest name fundraiser. <laughs> is it sold out this year? Yeah. How yeah. fast did it sell at this time? It's like two months. A month? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't open very long. So registration opened approximately when? Uh, I was actually trying was, to remember. Was it the, around Thanksgiving or was it around Halloween? It was a little bit after Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Do you hype it before registration opens? Like, hey, everybody, heads up. It's yes. coming. A little bit. I feel like we really didn't have – I don't yeah. know. We, do, we don't have to do much anymore, I feel. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Right. And then it <laughs> sold out around New Year's, right? Oh, yeah, maybe a little after, mm-hmm. um, but it was, yeah, it was pretty, or wait, no, it was before or after. It was during the holidays, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. God, that's exciting. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Um, is there anything I missed on that? Uh, well, I will say that Sarah always picks the best swag, and this year's swag, if you finish three laps, I am especially excited about. I don't know if she wants to tell you oh. what it is. As but... a matter of fact, let's go back to year one and then come up to this year. Oh, what was year? Prizes. What was year one? Yeah. Well, actually, no. You picked the first year. Well, well, I don't even remember. Oh, the, the mugs. mugs. Yeah. Oh, well, coffee that was mugs. a joint. You actually <laughs> chose that particular model, though. <laughs> um, so we had coffee mugs um, the first year, and then last year we had hats by Territory Run Company, um, and this year we have hammocks by a company called Koala Tree. That is really cool. Yeah. It was yeah. a very unique. Um, Good job for doing three laps prizes. Yeah, yeah. It's really I, good. But we do want to try to encourage people, don't just stop at three because that's it. Yeah. Because if you want, if you feel good and you want to go out more, please do. Like, and we're, we're probably going to have a 50K little something too mm-hmm. this year. Well, you know what I've seen in the last two years that I've been there is that I would come out. So the race ends at what time? Three? Two, two. Two. So I would come out last year and I <clears throat> I watched the start and then I 
hung out with some friends at the, at the uh, transition area or whatever because there's people just hanging out. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go run the course in reverse. And I ran it casually and I had a few beers with Bill. And then I eventually made it back, right? Um, and I decided to leave. But as I was leaving, people who had done two laps, I caught them in their own hammocks or in their tents. Like <laughs> I saw feet sticking out of tents. Like people were just like, ah, like, I'm going to pull three. Like, yeah, <laughs> you got time. But they, yeah. but they were chilling at like noon, and they knew they had to be out by like twelve thirty. And I was like, "Well, that's one way to do it." Uh-huh. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they, but to some extent, some of the people I saw who were doing it were just a little smoked. Yeah, they had gone out a little too hard, and, and it sometimes it gets a little hot out there. What it month does. is it? July twenty fifth. Yeah, nice. As a matter of fact, now I'm thinking about it, I might be in town for that because I, I go. No, I'm in Vermont that day. Well, that's not a bad place. To be. I know I have yeah. my own little race schedule going on. Oh, Ooh. nice. Yeah. So, um, moving on to the final race, that would be Freedom's Run. Yeah, October third. This is the flagship, right? Yeah. So it started all of this madness. The only reason we all know each other, really. <laughs> right. That's true. Oh, that's crazy to think. Right. So, Katie, just start telling me stuff about that. I don't even know where to start because it's 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 near to my heart as well. So just. Tell me what you want me to know. Um, well, so it all happened because Lois Turco and Mark Kukazella, Mark had just moved out here and they just wanted to create something that... Who's Lois? She, oh gosh, I'm going to get her actual title incorrect, but she's very, very involved with the canal towns and really making sure that um, the history and heritage of those areas is um, properly informed to the public. Okay. So she does a lot for that. Um, so the two of them, basically, they met at the Bavarian at some event, and they decided that they needed to create something that really hyped up the health and heritage of West Virginia um, because it's so neglected, and people have a stereotype of her- of West Virginia, mm-hmm. and it's so much more, and that's how it was born. And luckily, Mark being one of the <laughs> most influential runners slash doctors slash if i can interrupt was he super influential before all this he so i don't exactly know the timeline but i wouldn't be surprised if he moved in met lois because they live in the same neighborhood and within like a week of living there decided that they were gonna have freedoms run because it was pretty soon after he had moved here from colorado that he created freedoms run so he was already running at a high rpm at that point like professionally yeah yeah. (laughs) Okay. And he yeah. like he lived out in Colorado and was doing like all kinds of studies on like altitude and yeah. physical fitness. Yeah, he and, was like, one of the leading specialists with um, how altitude affects athletes and. Uh-huh. So like, uh, he already he like he was established like. He, okay. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't. I mean, like Colorado misses him desperately. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Actually, fun fact: I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the Pikes Peak race. Sure. Uh-huh. Um. So he came in second place at that one oh, year behind not... the reigning champ who Matt something, I forget Matt something or another who has like won it every year. This was the uphill. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, the downhill obviously. as well. But isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, just God. What a, <laughs> okay, sorry. What a resource. A no, that's... <laughs> yeah. So Lois and Mark create this concept idea and then maybe because Lois is a little more juiced into the community because she's already She's able to pull it together. And with the park, I mean, you got to run on the Sino Canal. Yeah. And then yeah. you got to run through. I'm sorry. I'm not going to describe it. You describe no. it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, the idea was that it was going to involve the national parks in the area. So the full marathon started in 
starts in Harpers Ferry, goes along the canal, and then wanders in through uh, Antietam National Battlefield. And I don't know exactly, I know that he always wanted to do a marathon, but I don't know if there was originally going to be a half marathon, but Chris Amores, who was also really involved, he said, well, if you're going to do that, you know, you should do everything. Like, let's really make an impact. Let's have a 10K and a 5K. Um, and so they, and Mark, whenever he describes it, he'll always laugh and say they had absolutely no idea what they were doing or what they were getting themselves into. Uh, Tom Chance was super influential with helping all get that all started. Who's that? Uh, he, well, God. I mean, I know he was really influenced with the store. Like yeah. he helped with getting that I think started. He was just I one of Mark's friends, like, yeah. and his okay. friends in Hurt. Um, but yeah, he worked at the he store for a while. And yeah. just, but the thing with him is his most wonderful thing he did was get us all those millions of cones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I will love him forever for that. Right. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, the 5K and 10K course have changed a lot. Um, but beyond that, it's still pretty similar to what they originally came up with 12 years ago. How um, so? Describe the five k and ten k. What direction does that go? And it starts in Shepherdstown. Yeah, it starts in Shepherdstown. It goes down River Road, so you get to run along the Potomac River um, and see some of the houses. And then you meander back through. You get to go by Rumsey Monument, and you get to see some of the historic homes in Shepherdstown. And actually, oddly enough, the reason we changed the course was because of the government shutdown in two thousand thirteen. So we had to change it, and then we realized it was so much easier doing the five k and ten k on that course. So as annoying as that government shutdown was, one good thing did come up out where, of it. Where did it go before? They both went on the canal and did a there and back and came back. Oh, so the, the 5 and 10K did that as well? Yeah, and the 5K, it was a nightmare because it would just go up for a, a second and then it would come right back. Right. And if a volunteer wasn't paying attention or whatever, sure. 5Kers would run the full 10K all the time. Um, also, so, I just imagine people turning around on the canal would just get congested. Yeah. Right. Well, my first time doing it was after that shutdown. So it's mm. all I've ever known is yeah. running River Road. And um, I I love that event. So let's half marathon then. Different, same starting location, but goes out a different direction. From the 10K and 5K, yeah. So right. it does start in Shepherdstown, but it goes towards the river. And there's a ramp that takes you down to the Ceno Canal. And then you run towards Harper's Ferry um, for like between a mile and a half and two miles. And you turn to go up a lovely little hill that will eventually take you into. Antietam What's that called? Miller Sawmill. Mm-hmm. It's Miller, Miller Sawmill Hill. Famous. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and you get to run up. And that. That, that's where the, um, the full marathon meets up with the half marathon yeah. course. Mm-hmm. So, so Katie's so deep in it. She's, she's not seeing the weeds for the trees, I guess. But <laughs> so I've never run the half marathon, but I've run the course. I've run the full marathon and on the full marathon, which again, I'm, I'm backtracking terribly now because I should have brought this up earlier. You start in Harper's Ferry at what's that location called? Well, it starts at the visitor center right, slash the visitor Cavaliers Heights. And some, somehow at Cavalier Heights, you drop down and you run into... Well, first you run through Murphy Farm. Right, Murphy Farm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's a little bit of trail, a little bit of cinder. And then you run down into downtown Harper's Ferry. Mm-hmm. 
which is great because you're only three or four miles in at this point. And you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, my life is still pretty good. Um, and then you run across the um, the bridge over to the CNO, mm-hmm. which I won't talk about just yet. But then you run the CNO for how darn far? Is it 10 miles? Yeah, yeah so what the Miller Sawmill is right around 15 miles. So it's for the between marathon. 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's around 11-ish, 11 and a half miles on the uh, canal. Funny story. If I could interject... When I was running it, um, I was doing really well, but I was a little ahead of my pace, and that's fine or whatever. And I'm the kind of person that does analytics in their heads when they run, and I'm like, oh, look at my watch. It says I'm at mile four. And this I know that this the tra- uh, the CNO's over it, ten or eleven miles, so I'm really in good shape. So I cranked up my pace, <laughs> but I was already a little smoked from running the first five or six, <laughs> only to realize, no, no, the mistake was. The CNO Canal is actually 11 miles, not. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so I cranked out like four more miles, and I was like, "Where's this damn turn?" Yeah. And then somebody told me, "Oh no, that's at mile like 14, 15." I'm like, mm. oh, sad. <laughs> "I know, <laughs> I know." Um, but after you've done 10 or 11 miles on the CNO Canal, and you've done a little bit of downhill running, a little bit of cinder running at the beginning of the full. So you're at mile 15-ish. Mm-hmm. You turn right and you do a Miller sawmill. Yeah, but it's nice because it breaks up having to have had run on the canal for so long. So totally. You get to switch up pavement. your muscles. And it's pavement, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you run into the Antietam battlefield, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and for every... I mean, the thing is, is it's all relative. So, I mean, as soon as you start to feel at your absolute, absolute poopiest, if you just kind of take a look around and think about what happened in our country's history it does put things into perspective and i think it makes the race just that much more enjoyable and unique well it's, it's an absolutely incredible race i mean the fact that you're running through that particular battlefield and if you didn't realize before first thing in the morning you're also in a battlefield and then you're <laughs> on the Sino canal which is mega historic in itself because there was like mules pulling barges up and down this thing mm-hmm. but uh, through Antietam, what are some of the highlights in Antietam that you would see as you're running the half marathon or the full? Um, like actual physical landmarks or yeah. people? Physical, physical <laughs> la- landmarks. Are there people out there? Like, are you... well, yeah, I mean, Bill's out there well, yeah, every year. Bill he always goes to the same <laughs> intersection, right? Um, well, I mean, you see the tower. That's always kind of what people look for because once you see the tower in your mind, if you know the course well, you see the tower, and you're just like, I just got to get. To that monster, which isn't entirely true, but you, you don't you don't climb the tower; you just run by it. Yeah. <laughs> so you you there is a lot of up and down, and then once you get to the tower, um, it is still rolling. But the really intense parts that people are worried about is pretty much over. And and really, if you're running a marathon or a half marathon, first of all, if you're running a marathon, you're tough enough to know, and you're smart enough to recon the course somehow. Like you've you probably drove it and we're like, well, I'll be prepared for this. And what's really fun is to run with the people that weren't prepared with it. And you're like, ah, bye. And you're <laughs> passing people on downhills and you're walking with them on the uphills. And But that's where I'm in the field. But um, on the half marathon, it's really fun because you can fight on those hills. You can mm-hmm. determine how your attacks are going to be if you're racing or if you're trying to get it done. But it's an inc- absolutely stunning course. Um 
after the tower and after like the visitors. But wasn't there some sort of bridge? What's that bridge with that cool building to the right? What's that called? We, there used to be Burnside Bridge, but we don't incorporate that anymore. But there oh. is a bridge. In my mind, the bridge Burnside is Burnside Bridge. Burnside bridge. <laughs> mm. Okay, so the, apparently the bridge I'm running across is not Burnside Bridge. <laughs> I mean, there's a big bridge in Shepherdstown. That one's pretty cool. Right, so, but <laughs> after the visitor center and you're hitting mile 21 per ish, that's when you roll into Sharps, Sharpsburg. Yeah, yeah. So Sharpsburg itself, you have a, a few blocks of cuteness. Yeah. Um, and there's often there's little families out or people that are cheering you on. There's um, a mimosa station. There's a mimosa station, yeah. Which is not official, but it's there. If, yeah. If you get there in time, there's still mimosas. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, yeah, the only, and then you start to leave Shepherdstown. I mean, excuse me, Sharpsburg. And then you hit the no man's land. And so whenever people are new to the course, that's the part that I kind of tell people to leave yourself something in the tank to think about so that your mind doesn't wander because there's not there's not a whole lot of support at that point because it's more just a road and mm-hmm. then fields around you. And it's so spread out at that point, you might not necessarily have a runner to talk to. Um, there is one more aid station and it's always the most adorable little Boy Scouts. So that's something to look forward to. But yeah, it's just this sort of, you, you gotta have, and it's also just these rolling hills. It's, to be completely honest, it's, I think it's the worst part of the course. <laughs> but. <laughs> I have the opposite point of view. Oh, really? I do. Oh, well, that's so good. So many people oh, call it no man's land. And, <laughs> oh, it's between 22 and 25. Yeah, really. 22 so and 25 and a half, yeah. right? Um, or that's for the marathon. For the half marathon, it's I guess it's ten to mm-hmm. maybe yeah, nine like, and a half to eleven and a half. Yeah. So the bridge is how far from the finish? Like the beginning of the bridge, maybe about three quarters of a mile. Yeah, so it's not quite a mile. Yeah. Right. So if you're a racer, it's the entire race was prequel until the end of Sharpsburg. Mm-hmm. Your attack happens when everybody wants to worry about no man's land. This is where you take souls. This is where you take your road kills. You pass people with authority. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in my mind, that's how I would race that course. Is I'd be like, let's go survive these hills. Let's go survive this preamble. Mm-hmm. And then let's get through Sharpsburg. And like, let's just be friendly with everybody. But as soon as you roll out of Sharpsburg at the top of that last hill by the speed trap, yeah. <laughs> man, you just turn it on and you leave it all behind. Like, to me... That is the best part of the half marathon. Like, it is time to spank people. Good. Really surprised. I'm glad. <laughs> because once you <laughs> hit the... That's how everyone should think. Right. <laughs> and once you, hit the, once you hit the downhill approaching the bridge, I mean, you're just there to hurt feelings. <laughs> like, that's where you pass, 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 pass. And yeah, it's all friendly. We're almost there. We're almost done. But man, that's the best part. I, to me, it's the best part because I love to race. Um. And that one also supports the um, the giant fundraising entity. Yeah, so it's all part of the same nonprofit. Right. Yeah. Um, how big is that race? How many runners? Um, we typically have between registered between two thousand and twenty three hundred. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. How many in the marathon, approximately? The marathon is pretty small. That's the smallest one by far. I would say probably about three fifty to four hundred. Nice. The marathon half marathon is the biggest. And that starts at what time? 7.30. So once you get them on the move, you got to sprint over to 
Shepherdstown. Well, I get to just like relax at the midway. It's Mark who has to sprint over. He has the hard job. I just get to hang out with the. I make sure the marathoners get on their shuttle from Shepherdstown, and then I get to hang out with the early bird half marathoners and talk to them. And I just kind of hang out. Freedom's Run day of is great because I pretty much, unless there's like a horrible catastrophe, which sure. knock on wood doesn't happen. Right, right. <laughs> okay. Half marathon. Is that your biggest one? Yeah. That's usually around 800. Our cap is 1,000. So. Wow. Have you hit your cap before? No. 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 Has it been growing over the years? I mean, it's one of those things. The running industry is so flooded with marathons and half marathons. And now the whole thing is everybody wants to BQ. And our, our course is Boston qualified. But <laughs> it is. It is. It is a qualifier. But uh, you can no earn it. Uses- you can <laughs> earn it, yeah. yeah. No one uses it for that. Well, cool. Um, <laughs> and then the 5K and 10K. And isn't there a kids race? Yeah, there's a one mile. Well, it's a block. I don't know if it's a mile. But there is a kids run. And super cute. Right. And like parents run with the kids and mm-hmm. it's like a, there's a photographer at the finish line. It's just a whole production. Yeah. It's very That's precious. Like the, I remember working in the store uh, while the race is happening and you just see like all of these tiny little humans <laughs> yeah. just like running, holding their parents' hand. It's the cutest thing in the world to I watch. Know. <laughs> you know? It is really cute. It's, it's so, so cute. It's so fun to watch them lose all of their gas because they all sprint out with their kids. <laughs> yeah. and isn't it uphill? <laughs> yeah. Like so a they're, pretty big hill. <laughs> yeah. So we, they all have fun and then they all hate running by the end. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's great. So um, one more question about the full on freedom. So there was a train accident back in December of 2019 um, where the trains fell off the bridge and kind of broke part of the bridge. And CSX got the train route back up and running, but the pedestrian footbridge from Harper's Ferry over to the CNO Canal is actually still destroyed and hasn't been repaired. Now, you can imagine how that affects hikers on the CNO because you're cut off. You can't mm-hmm. actually get to um, Harper's Ferry to get the, the hot chocolate or a sandwich or a beer or whatever. Um, and then through hikers on the Appalachian Trail, use that actual bridge. But more importantly for us in this region, your marathon crosses that bridge. Yeah. Is there, do you want to discuss a potential contingency on what the plan is for that? Yeah, I mean, pretty much immediately we talked to the CNO Canal to make sure that it would be okay to, be okay to reroute it. And uh, we actually already created this reroute a couple of years ago because there was a flood. Mm-hmm. And... We actually, we were fully planning on using it the week of the race, but then the water went down, so we didn't have to. Okay. But the change would be the full marathoners would actually start in Shepherdstown, still at 730, but it would be looped rather than a um, point to point. And they would just run down um, essentially the same path as the half marathoners, but continue past the Miller Sawmill Hill. You just keep going down the canal um, and turn around kind of around Dargan's Bend. Right. And then out back. Okay. Yeah. And then just pick up from there. So as far as that elevation, it's not going to change the course if that's something that people are worried about. But obviously you would miss out on Harper's Ferry, um, which is a huge bummer, but there's obviously not really a whole lot we can do with it. But we still have our fingers crossed that maybe CSX will pony up and get it fixed. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. I mean, that's a global company and they um... – Come fix our bridge. Man. Yeah, yeah. Your your, your train you broke it. Yeah. Your train fell 
first of all, that's weird with no explanation. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's within, concerning, actually. Within 15 hours, you had those train cars gone, and um, your track was up and running, but your footbridge that it's, it's ours, mine, my footbridge, <laughs> yeah. is not, um, like, I can't get to Maryland Heights. I'm cut mm-hmm. off from a really great hill training, and about what? 3,000 people are going to try to do a through hike on the scene on the uh, W or on the uh, Appalachian Trail, and they're going to have to reroute through Point of Rocks. Get out of here, or I guess you got to route they up. Ta- over. They're talking about shuttling people over to the start of the or like where it would take off eventually. I guess you could go across the 340 bridge, but also. That, like, that's just so inconvenient. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. CSX, get your shit together. <laughs> Seriously, you're a train company. <laughs> fix our bridge you you broke our bridge but also the town of harvest ferry i feel like suffers for them not doing it too because like yeah, businesses like i feel like tourism a lot of people go to harvest ferry for maryland heights pretty much think about all the cyclists going on the cno yeah. canal they can't even get over yeah. to participate man well this this county is really good at rallying behind causes true. so <laughs> i would love to see that sort of energy get fired up at CSX. I don't know anybody who works there, otherwise I'd call them. Yeah. Um, did we miss anything on uh, Freedom's Run? I don't think so. Prices go up April 1st, so register before then if you would like to save. And you're, uh, you're tracking, well, I guess it's so early. It's it pay- it yeah, is it's, ahead of where we were last year. That's mm-hmm. good. It's a real pain in the ass being a race director, frankly, because <laughs> you're like, I got to order shirts and 75% of my people have not registered yet. I know they're going <laughs> to register. And like Watching Katie do t-shirts, oh my god. <laughs> I gotta say, she is a saint because like she's like trying to project things and like she's like has to have it in like a year before, like before <laughs> registration's even open pretty much. Yeah, it does have to go in super early. That's, that's, that's really tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's an entirely different story. Me and Katie go head to head on race director challenges and silly <laughs> things that we have to deal with, like um, people aggravated because there's hills, or people aggravated because um, they thought their kid could run a full marathon. Who even knows? Like, there's, I know, I know when I'm a race director, I, I field a bunch of silly questions online, and I guess there's no stupid questions. <laughs> they they but, test that though. <laughs> yeah, but they but they love to test that theory. I I will say, for those of you listening, I am sorry that we don't ever have gluten free options. But pizza is super cheap, and we want to keep our races cheap. And beer is donated, and apples are locally sourced, and they're easy. And bananas are easy, and that is what it will always be. <laughs> I'm sorry Do... to say, and as someone who. Pizza makes my feet really fat, so I don't honestly even eat it very often. Pizza, so I get my, it. Pizza makes my stomach fat. I, I get what's called inflammation. Some call it uh, a beer belly, but I think if I don't eat pizza, it goes away. So I get that. I am sympathetic, but so am I. But after I've run thirteen miles or twenty-six miles, I'm gonna pound like four slices. Yeah, guaranteed. So people really kind of kind of come at you with that kind of thing or yeah all the time and 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 i get it you know especially people celiacs or people that have real food restrictions it does suck that when you're done you don't have anything to enjoy but we try to make it pretty clear in the so emails. hard to accommodate to people yeah so hard and, and we're it's not gonna change so i don't ever i feel i think it's nice know. that you offer pizza 
I usually work with Panera and get some bagels. Mm-hmm. Not they, gluten. They, not they gluten-free. changed. They changed their because we're so big now. They can't really. Oh yeah, you guys are impossible. <laughs> I have like seventy five <laughs> runners at my races, so it's it's not that big a deal. And and I'm like, take a bagel. What you slice it, you cut it, and they cut it again. So I literally give them bagel bites. And oh yeah. I, I'm That's just like, no, no, just this. This is not a restaurant. This is you only <laughs> ran a five k. You're, you're not dying of hunger, and we try to make it affordable. Uh, uh, have we missed anything with uh, freedoms? I don't think so. No, have we missed anything with any of the races? I don't think so. Just come do them all. Yeah, no problem. Support the community. Well, I will say I feel like uh, you do a very good job of also trying to be very environmentally friendly with the races and limiting the amount of trash. And I know, like for Miner's Lady, it's cupless. And yeah, I feel mm-hmm. like try to eliminate as much waste as we can. In the and we compost at Miner's Lady too. Mm-hmm. Well, Sarah, I know you you feel like you're not like a race director, but you two are a duo. For real. That's very true. Yeah. If she's over here, if she's over here directing and you're over here running this store, like it's, you guys are really kick ass in this community, whether you know it or not. You really are. Well, you're doing great you. things. Um, well, thank you for coming on. And I, I know we covered a whole bunch of topic on your races, but you should totally be proud of them. Um, we love them. We want to participate and promote them. Um, but thank you for coming on and breaking it down for breakfast. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. <laughs> Great. Today's intro music is a song called Saving Lives and Taking Wives. It is written and produced by Peter Clark, my cousin. Actually, my wife's cousin, but I'll take him as my cousin because he's a pretty cool dude. He um, dropped an album called Peter Clark After Dark. He's been producing electronic, loungy, make-out music for years, and he's been nice enough to let me use it on this podcast. You can reach Peter Clark for bookings or just to hear his music on SoundCloud. Just search Peter Clark After.